Hello and welcome to today's episode of the ABCs, Authors Between the Covers. What makes successful authors tick? What does it take to sell that manuscript? Is self-publishing a good option? Or is selling your book to a big publishing house still the only way to fly? What about keeping up with your first big success? We'll talk about all this and more on today's show, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz Gibbs, author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World, and PR Rules, The Playbook. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Authors Between the Covers show. The spotlight today is on brothers Stephen and Jim Dilliand and their new book, Pushing Up. I'm so excited to bring them to Incandescent Radio and Incandescent TV. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, host of the show and creator of Incandescent PR and Publishing. And I'm so excited about our newest publishing website, which shines a light on authors around the world. So these guys, Jim is in Canada. Stephen is in California, and I just want to throw it over to you guys to welcome you to the show. Thanks. Thank you, Hope. So glad to be here and uh, really, really happy to have this opportunity to share our story with people. Yeah, so and it's a great story. So a little backstory first. I know Stephen Gillian from Claremont Graduate University, where I attempted to get my master's in positive psychology. Um, I was there for a year and got to know him and his amazing wife, Cindy. They had just come down to work at Claremont, which is in Southern Cal, about 30 miles east of L.A., and this year he came out with this new incredible book that he published with his brother, Jim. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Stephen, first. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how this book came to fruition. Absolutely. Hope. So I'm a, I'm a professor uh, and uh, I do some consulting and stuff like that. So part of the part of the how the book came about is, is building on uh, my background and some of the work I do as a professor. But really more of the story is is a challenge. And so, so let me start with that is. Um, the gym uh, issued me this challenge on uh, New Year's Eve, a um, few years back, where he, he said, how about you and I do a, a workout every day next year? And it's New Year's Eve. So I'm just like, yeah, sure. That sounds fine. And, and then he, he makes it real. He says, okay, perfect. So um, we're going to take a picture and text it to each other to keep each other honest. And I'm just like, oh, okay, now this is getting real. Uh, and, and uh, that just led to a, a year long of doing workouts, but even more of connecting. You know, we, we were connecting daily through text messages, um, living, you know, more than a thousand miles apart. But through those daily interactions, those daily uh, text messages, we, we found a bond that, uh, that, that was deeper than we've ever had in our lives uh, as brothers. And it just it, it felt like a story that we wanted to share with people. And it's a leadership book too. So give us the, the premise of the book and what the mission is. Yeah, so the, um, the, the idea is we, uh, we wrote the book in terms of 12 months. So it's got 12 chapters, one, one each for uh, you know, the, the 12 months that we uh, worked out together. Um, but we took a lot of the ideas that we've developed as leaders um, through the leadership teaching I do, uh, through Jim's practical experience of leading his company, and we used the lessons um, that we discovered uh, through the workouts to really draw some points about leadership, about what it means to set audacious goals and what it means to really commit to something. Uh, not just, I, I will try, but a, an honest, I will do this. Um, and, and what we found is that by pushing ourselves, we drew, found deeper and deeper connections. And we learned more and more about each other and about ourselves as people. And so that the, the idea was um, 
how do we share the story with people about this this transformation, this journey we've been on, uh, and and where it's took us as, as people, as brothers. That's amazing. And I love the five goals. So taking the I will commitment and achieving audacious goals, asking for help and finding a genuine connection, recognizing limits and preparing to fail. Amazing part of being a leader, right? That people don't think about. Embracing the should be fine as a mantra against doubt. I want you to talk more about that for sure. And practicing empathizing, empathy and reaching out in times of loss. So Jim, that really comes back to you, um, times of loss. Tell us about who you are up in Canada and how um, this book has been so important for you. Absolutely. So my background has has always been in finance. So I've uh, been in, in the finance industry since uh, since the age of 20. And my writing has always been really trying to explain economic or financial terms in, in an easy manner. And so it's quite um, uh, easy as an author to, to basically stand behind the page and talk about other things, but not necessarily about yourself. And so this was, was really a journey um, that I went on with my brother, where you expose some of the challenges that you've been on um, through life. And so when it talks about uh, reaching out in, in time periods of, of loss, you know, it's a really personal story as it relates to the loss of my son when he was uh, two weeks old as, as a uh, neonatal uh, intensive care patient. And the first person I called was my brother. And he was on a plane uh, within several hours, even though we had lots of things on the go, including an Halloween party. And I can remember just waiting for him to arrive and how important, you know, that first embrace and seeing him there and having him with me on that journey. And so this book was really an opportunity to, you know, uncover some of those hidden scars that develop over time and show how when you are able to reach out into loss, in, in time periods of loss, how you can transit those really challenging times um, a little bit easier. You know, none of these things are easier in life. We all deal with, with challenges, but if you're able to reach out um, to those that care in those time periods, um, they can have such an important landing pad for you as you, um, as, as you navigate through those uncertain times. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that hits everybody, especially in this pandemic and times of loss. It's it, there's a loss of so many old systems and and people. So you called Stephen on New Year's Eve and I issued this challenge. Take us back to that moment. You know, we, we had just spent uh, some time together and, you know, going back since uh, since being a, a child, um, I'm seven years younger than, than Stephen and nine years uh, younger than our older brother. And um, all of us moved out uh, to, to attend university pretty early. And so, you know, there was a lot of my time period when I was growing up when I would only see him on holidays or on, on the summer. And it was so challenging that, you know, when he left, just that feeling of emptiness that you're not sure when the next opportunity was to connect. And having uh, been through that, uh, through just spending time with him at Christmas, you know, I was thinking, hey, you know what, there's got to be a way that we that we connect. And, and in today's digital age, it is so much easier to connect, whether it's through um, Zoom calls or through um, text messages or, or even photos. You know, why can't we use that as a way to connect uh, daily? It's not something that you would normally think about. And it's one thing to connect and say, hey, how are you doing? But how about if we connect on a level where we're trying to do something um, to build together, to try to, to work towards goals together and, um, and use that as an opportunity to cement our, our, our friendship and, and our, um, our, our relationship as brothers 
outside of what you would normally see just through these occasional trips. Oh, so it worked on so many levels. All right, Stephen, take us to chapter one and take us through the 12 months. What happened? Did you accomplish your goals? What did you learn that you didn't think you would? So just start telling yeah. us the story. <laughs> Yeah, so the, um, the, the workout started out, you know, I'll just the day one, you know, it's New Year's Day, it's the day after New Year's Eve. So, you know, it's generally feeling a little slow. So I, I did a, I had a Tai Chi class or something like that for my first workout. And then I get the text from Jim, and he's like, finish five mile run in the snow. I'm just like, okay, okay, I've got I've got to up my game. And I think that just, you know, so then I, I went out for a long round the next day. It, it, and it just, it started that little bit of that natural competition. And it, we were not competing in this challenge at all, but we were, I think we were spurring each other on. And then, you know, it, 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 Jim showed me an app for doing push-ups to, you know, where, where you could increase the number of push-ups. So we just started adding push-ups in, um, getting up to a hundred push-ups and so on. Uh, and then he issued me a challenge in, in, uh, in February for the month of March saying, well, how about you and I do 10,000 pushups each in the month of March? And I'm just like, what? You know, and, and he said, no, it's, it's reasonable. He said, you can do 40 now. You just do, and, and I'm just using the word just, you just do um, like you know, four sets of uh, five sets of 40 in the morning and you do another three, four sets at night. It gets you 320. If you do 320 each day, that's 10,000 for the month. So he issued this challenge and then he broke it down just like a coach would, right? And showed me that it was possible. And, and we did it. We, we did 10,000 push-ups. And then because, you know, we call it our own personal March Madness, because of that, then we just started doing that every quarter. So June, it was 15,000, September, it was 20,000. And then we went for the whole works uh, for 30,000, 10,000 push-ups a day, or 1,000 push-ups a day in December um, and, and, and accomplished it. Uh, and then, None of these things would have been possible without this. Uh, yeah, there's no way I would have the perseverance to do a thousand push-ups a day, every single day in the month of December, um, if it wasn't for this challenge. And so it was, I think this, 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 this pushing this, this almost an excitement. And, and this is going to sound really weird, Hope, but when it's the last day of November and you know that the next day you're going to start a month of a thousand push-ups a day, you should, you should be filled with dread or something like that, right? I found myself excited. How messed up is that? I was excited to take on a thousand push-ups the next day. Um, so it, it really uh, generated, I think, a lot of energy, uh, positive energy between us. Your fitness goals, did you achieve them? What did you set them to be And then where in January? And then where did you end up in December? That's a really good point. So in terms of fitness goals, um, yes, I would have liked to have lost about five pounds. Um, and no, I didn't lose five pounds. So I'm not sure if they didn't really accomplish that. But I did be, I, um, I gained a lot of, uh, of muscle, a lot of strength. Um, and uh, I actually saw, you know, a transformation. You, you do that many push-ups, and you do actually see a transformation. And it felt good to feel that transformation in my body. Um, you know, uh, especially uh, early 50s, it's a time when it's easy to start letting the body go a little bit. And this felt to me like, um, taking control of my body again, taking control of my aging and, uh, and, and kind of maybe shaping my body more into what I was wanting it to be. Well, and how about you, Jim? What has your experience been? 
You know, for, for me, um, I'd say throughout my 30s, um, working out and, and trying to stay fit was really episodic. I've, I've always worked in finance and always worked in the West Coast, either you know here in Vancouver or in San Francisco. And so um, the challenge with working in the West Coast when you're in a uh, industry that operates on uh, Eastern Standard Time is that, or Eastern Time is that you're always having to get up early. And so I'm usually up at five, try to get in the office you know, pretty, pretty quickly thereafter. And it doesn't really set yourself up for success as it relates to fitness. And then when I was in uh, California, I worked for uh, one of the uh, world's largest investment management firms. I had a very senior role, a lot of traveling through state capitals as well as internationally. And um, that also absolutely wrecks any opportunities for building consistency. And so probably getting into my 40s is when I started to take some of the management tools around, you know, setting goals, breaking them down, holding yourself to account, getting support, and trying to apply them to, to fitness. And that was through uh, some, some running, some marathons, and, and some other goals in the meantime. And so um, this journey with, uh, with, with Stephen was, was really exciting as an opportunity to, to utilize some of those lessons to work on it together, to have some shared goals, because you know, inherently fitness is a very personal goal. It's what you want to get out of your body. But if you can find someone who has uh, maybe similar goals and work with them together, then it uh, builds this community. It builds this accountability um, that allows you to achieve those goals in, in, in an entirely different, uh, different way. And so um, I found that uh, that year's journey as, um, as really solidifying a lot of the tools that I built up over time. And, you know, I continue to utilize to this day to just make sure that you put a priority on the parts of your life that are, are going to keep you healthy and, and are going to keep you um, active for, for many years to come. That's awesome. And it's something that everyone can use at any stage of life. And that connection, connection and purpose is in the subtitle. Stephen, uh, you, you kind of were shy about telling us about the amazing job you have at Claremont Graduate University. Talk a little bit about your background and experience and how this book is playing right into what you're teaching there. Yeah, I'm a professor of organizational psychology. Uh, so I, I teach um, basically the psychology of people at work. And, uh, you know, that involves studying motivation, reaction to work and, and a bunch of things like that. Um, I also do uh, a bunch of leadership training with companies around the world. And what I found um, is that uh, as we were going through this journey, I started to tell people about it during my leadership training. And I remember a group of leaders at Microsoft, I was uh, training and they just got so into the story of, of the, the push-ups and the challenges and the workout. Um, and I could see it inspiring and motivating them. And, and that started to set the seed in my mind of maybe we have a story to tell people here. You know, maybe, maybe this journey that we're on could be actually used to, to inspire other people as well. And so um, it, there was that, that blending of the consulting work, the, the, the training I was doing with the journey we were on. It really, um, it, to me, opened up a, a whole new avenue. And, and I think that's what, in my mind, turned this into a book about leadership. Um, that you know, it could have just been a story about two brothers. It, it could have just been, a, but the fact that we were able to kind of um, take our experiences and pull out those ahas. What, what is it that people can learn? Um, people who are leaders, pe people who just want to apply leadership to their lives. What can they learn uh, from what we went through? And so for me, it was, it was really that, that fun opportunity to take personal connection with my brother um, 
and tell a story that that hopefully helps other people at work. Um, and, and just you know, one additional little piece of self disclosure is I'm not a person who shares personally what's inside me very easily. And so writing this book was was one of the hardest things to do because I was opening up. I mean, I've, I've written academic papers and you know, and and that's fine. I have no qualms about that. But to share something as personal of this was it, it really it, it made me nervous <laughs> to to do it, to write it, to to publish it. Well, that's good. It kind of got you pushing up in new ways. And I think that's what's beautiful about the book is that it's so honest. In the On the cover of um, incandescentpublishing.com this month, we featured you, of course, and we shared the introduction to the book, which is your conversation back and forth. And I just absolutely love it, the vulnerability, the honesty. So last question to you both. Um, share one tip from the book that you'd like people to take away today. Yeah, I think uh, mine you referenced is um, embracing um, should be fine as a, as a mantra against uh, doubt. And, um, you know, there's so many times in your, uh, uh, as you traverse through life where you have those uh, moments of self-doubt, where you're just not sure whether you're going to be able to do it. And, you know, 90, 95% of the time, everything absolutely is fine. But there's always that, 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 you know, concern, maybe I can't do it, maybe this time is different. And so, um, you know, what we try to do in those time periods, and what we talk about in the book is really trying to embrace the recognition that, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, everything should be fine, we are going to be able to get through this, if you can get that longer term perspective, you're going to be able to traverse it, you've got the skills, you've got the support network that really no matter what happens, it's going to be fine at the end of the day. And, you know, try to alleviate that self doubt as much as possible during those time periods. Um, because at the end of the day, it should be fine. And you, Stephen, what's your advice? Isn't that a great positive psych message, Zayla? That, that <laughs> idea should be fine. It's just, I, I love it. Um, it, it yeah. Um, so mine, mine is um, this idea of connecting. Um, you know, we show one path for connecting. For us, it was workouts and, and the daily connection of, of sharing our workouts with each other. Um, but my hope is that other people, they, they can find their own way. It doesn't have to be about workouts. Ours was. But if you can find a way to connect with somebody really meaningfully on a regular basis, maybe you're, you're texting pictures, maybe you're texting songs, maybe whatever it is that makes you happy, but doing that regular connection, I think it's a way that we can use this, this media that so often isolates us, our, our cell phones and so on. We can use it to connect and pull each other together. Um, and, and to me, that was, that was the joy of this journey. Um, it was the joy of the year long, but it was also the joy of writing the book is that opportunity to connect to somebody who's really meaningful to me and, and, and grow from that connection. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I thank you both for writing this book and sharing it with us. I'm excited to see some workshops that people can come along and play the game with you. So people can get this book. Uh, Stephen, tell us where we can pick this book up. Amazon. Um, you, can, you can get it on Amazon. It's uh, available in um, bookstores too, but uh, the, the quickest way, but you know, we've had people order it in, in Australia, in the UK, in Canada. So it's worldwide available on Amazon. Um, pushing up uh, by, by Stephen and Jim Gilliland. 
I love it. And that's this the podcast for today on the Incandescent Radio Network, Incandescent TV. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, your host, and so thrilled to introduce you to Pushing Up, what 12 months of physical challenges taught two brothers about connection, leadership, and purpose. So go pick it up on Amazon today. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank, Thank you, Hope. You. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Well, here's to Pushing Up. We'll talk to you all soon. That's it for today's episode of the ABCs, Authors Between the Covers, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz Gibbs, author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World and PR Rules, The Playbook. Be sure to check back next week on the Incandescent Radio Network for another interview with a successful author who is happy to share their story. Here's to writing your heart out and keeping your dreams alive. Thanks so much for listening.